This afternoon I preach you the gospel of salvation as we summarize, confess it in Lord's Day 26 of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 26. It's page 540 in your book of praise. Context shows clearly we're looking at the word and the sacraments and now especially the sacraments. How does holy baptism signify and seal to you that the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross benefits you? In this way, Christ instituted this outward washing and with it gave it the promise that as surely as water washes away the dirt from the body, so certainly his blood and spirit wash away the impurity of my soul that is all my sins. What does it mean to be washed with Christ's blood and spirit? To be washed with Christ's blood means to receive forgiveness of sins from God through grace because of Christ's blood poured out for us in his sacrifice on the cross. To be washed with his spirit means to be renewed by the Holy Spirit and sanctified to be members of Christ so that more and more we become dead to sin and lead a holy and blameless life. Where has Christ promised that he will wash us with his blood and spirit as surely as we are washed with the water of baptism? In the institution of baptism where he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28 verse 19. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Mark 16, verse 16. This promise is repeated where scripture calls baptism the washing of regeneration and the washing away of sins. Titus 3, verse 5, and Acts 22, verse 16. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, any child born to Canadian parents is a Canadian citizen and receives a Canadian certificate of birth, which is basically a piece of paper that signifies and seals to them that they are subjects of their government and they can identify themselves as Canadians. Although technically, it's possible to renounce one's citizenship. It's a very difficult thing to do. It's not easy to stop being a Canadian. You can't even stop being a Canadian just by disobeying the government or maintaining different cultural traditions. Born Canadians, you have a certificate of birth and you are Canadian. There's also a procedure in place for those from other countries who want to become Canadian citizens, at which point they too will receive the certificate of Canadian citizenship. They will then afterwards identify themselves as Canadians. It's a very powerful certificate to have in your hand. It's connected to your very identity. Since it is given to you by the government as, uh, as a promise of the privileges and obligations that you have 
as a Canadian. Baptism, in a sense, is like a certificate of citizenship because it distinguishes people who receive all the promises, obligations, and rights of Christ's sacrifice on the cross from people who don't receive these promises. By baptism, we mean more than just water splashed on your forehead, but we mean that official right sanctioned and witnessed by God's church according to the Lord's command and given to those who can show that they are eligible or eligible either by their birth or by the profession of faith. Baptism carries weight. Baptism is an authoritative, and yet we can even say divine, declaration of who you are in the world. The Catechism shows that we should never think of baptism as merely a historical event. It asks the question, how does holy baptism uh, signify and seal to you? And, and you could add today, how does it signify and seal to today or every day of your lives? that the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross benefits you. That's in the present tense. How does your baptism serve you today? What does a baptized person look like? The text from scriptures that we read today help us to think about this question and urge us to remember our baptism every day of our lives as a constant companion a declaration of the promises that we have. We need to think and live like baptized people. The gospel is not only that we are baptized, but also that when we are baptized into Christ, that means we put on Christ. And I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme, and you will recognize it. It's coming from Galatians 3, verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And we'll see that baptism signifies and seals to us, first of all, where we are, the idea of being into Christ, and secondly, what we wear, uh, put on Christ. So if someone from another country comes and visits and your home is trying to learn the English language, they may ask you, what's the difference between the word in and the word into? And then you would realize that although we sometimes use these two words in the same way, the big difference is that into suggests some kind of movement. So we can say that a, a student is in the classroom, but we can't say he is into the classroom. We move into the school, and then we are in the school. Now after this free little English lesson, with this under your belt, maybe the students here will saunter into their, into their English classes a little late the day the teacher decides to teach this material, but they should know that they may end up in the detention room. We see the difference in to and in. In the original language behind the, the translation that we use, the original language is Greek, it makes that same distinction between in and in. In two. And so it's fairly important to notice 
when the, the New Testament is using these words and when the passages we read today speak about baptism, that we see the word into is used. It's a subtle difference and sometimes like Matthew 28 verse 19, for example, it's not clear whether it's better to translate in or into, but this does not undermine the importance of always carefully looking and thinking about what the Holy Spirit is telling us with that word into. The word into points to moving from one place or situation to another. The word into makes baptism an action word, makes baptism something that puts you somewhere. And then we ask, well, where are we put? And Galatians 3 says we have been baptized into Christ. Romans 6 that we read explains this further to say that all of you who were baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death. And that means, as we read the, the passage, that means we have been united with him in a death like his, our old, our old self was crucified with him, and we have been buried with him, and so we ourselves are dead to sin. We are set free from the dominion of sin. We have been moved from a place where sin has dominion and power over us to a place where the sinful nature has been crucified with Christ on the cross. That's the main part of the teaching of Paul, the Holy Spirit, in Colossians 2. Colossians 2, verses 6 to 15. It's a passage often used in connection with explaining why we don't circumcise anymore, but we have baptism. And here the passage is focusing on, on Christ as, as head, as, as the ruler, all authority, and believers are a part of Christ's body. And the Holy Spirit explains that because we are a part of Christ's body, we die with him in baptism, and our sins were, were cut off from our account when Christ paid for them on the cross. The payment on the cross is Christ's circumcision, and we share in this circumcision by baptism through which he puts off the body of the flesh which is sin. He has punished, he was punished with death in the place of those who broke the covenants. So when we see baptism as Christians, we see water, but in that water we see the blood of Christ. His blood poured out brought us the cleansing, purifying water that signifies forgiveness. By baptism we are moved into the kingdom of Christ Jesus' blood. We are baptized into Christ, into his death, into his blood, into the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1, verses 13 to 14, and we read that also this morning. It says it very clearly. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of of sins. The Lord Jesus says that too in John 5 verse 24. He says, whoever believes in me has crossed over from death to life. And as a converted person leaves the kingdom of darkness to enter the kingdom of light, he or she will pass through the ritual of baptism. 
That's what our Lord Jesus teaches in Mark 16, verse 16. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Baptism is a, a ritual with a sign that makes it clear to the world that we are a part of a special kingdom. And we can say several things about this kingdom. First of all, this kingdom is a spiritual kingdom where the triune God reigns, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are baptized into God the Father, into God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God blesses you with a threefold promise in a covenantal relationship that is comparable to being adopted as sons. Second, the kingdom depends completely on the cross of Christ. That's why we can call it the kingdom of Christ Jesus' blood. Because in this kingdom, there is forgiveness of sins for everyone who repents and trusts in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Baptized members are purified daily in the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't you pray every day? You pray in Jesus' name that the blood of Christ is, is in the center of your life, in the center of your prayers as baptized people. And there you are in the kingdom with the sign of baptism, and that sign is irreversible. It's as if it were tattooed on your forehead. Whether or not you are faithful, and even if you are exiled or unable to enjoy communion with the Lord, like Psalm 16 that we sang when David was outside of the kingdom, he was longing for it. When, whenever you talk about yourself, after you've been baptized, you need to mention that you are also a baptized person. You'll mention that you are, by birth or by conversion, a baptized citizen of the kingdom of Christ, this church. It's a great opportunity to talk to people who've been baptized, maybe in the Roman Catholic Church. They have no idea what it means, but that sign is still there. It was irreversible. It speaks to them about something that God said to them. It means that baptism also isn't just a message for babies. Baptisms, the truth and, and the declaration of baptism accompany us in the different situations of our lives. When we are baptized into Christ, then we become a part of the kingdom where believers and their children will spend a lot of time contemplating and teaching and studying their baptism so that they will understand exactly what God said to them at that time when they were baptized, understand not only intellectually, but also by experience. As we grow older, we really see what it means. When God the Father said, you are my covenant child, I adopt you as my child. When the Lord Jesus says, promise to wash us clean. When the Holy Spirit promises to present us the assembly of God's elect for life eternal. Galatians 3 tells us that the kingdom is like a family that belongs to Jesus Christ. It's made up of the offspring of Abraham who have been gathered from every country, every socioeconomic class, and every gender because of their common faith in Christ Jesus. When you are baptized into Christ, 
you're baptized into the, the visible church, then you will be known as sons of God through faith. Galatians 3, verse 26. You will be known as heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3, verse 29. Baptized people are heirs of all the promises of Christ, no matter what country they come from, no matter what gender they are, no matter what socioeconomic class they belong to. You are baptized. What does that mean for you? Where are you spiritually? Your baptism tells you that you belong to the kingdom of the eternal King, Jesus Christ. That you were given promises from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that are like three presents that you carry at your side all your life. Baptism is closely connected to your identity, telling the world that you are a covenant child over whom the triune God offered marvelous promises. You are a member of Christ's visible church on earth where you have been enlightened, where you taste the heavenly gift, where you share in the Holy Spirit, where you taste the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come. That's Hebrews 6, verses 4 to 5. Your baptism tells you that you belong in a, a special place where God is in control. Often you can compare it to being like on Noah's Ark. You're floating around in a, in a world full of violence that is being destroyed, but you're there in God's special place, God's special care. It's like belonging to a plant, a branch of the tree where Jesus, the Lord Jesus is the trunk. And the Lord Jesus does not promise that it will be easy to be a part of this kingdom, to follow him wherever. You, it's not a, a war-free zone, but you will follow our Lord Jesus into war. And you will be pruned, and you will be disciplined to improve your relationship with him. But you can know that in this place, when you are baptized into Christ, you are baptized into the forgiveness of your sins. You have the promise of everlasting life there before you. That's the kingdom you're a part of. If you're a part of this kingdom, you also need to know what to wear. As many as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's a connection between baptism and putting on Christ or, or being clothed with Christ. The Bible reveals on the other side that there are those who have not put on Christ. They filled their lives with other things. Galatians 4, 8 and 9 talks about being enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. Colossians 3 verse 5 talks about clothing yourself with anger, with lies, with covetous desires, with sexual impurity. But when a, and when a person wears rebellion, when a person wears pride and selfishness as his mantle, it may be that his sinful heart is satisfied, but it's very clear to see. And Paul goes to state this very clearly in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 to 10, such People will not inherit the kingdom of God. A baptized person's separateness from the world 
is not something that can be hidden. It's important to remember as we think about what it means to put on Christ. You have every reason to be different. We see that in our confession as well. We see that we've been baptized in Christ's blood and his spirit. The difference from the world is not only with respect to what God has done for you when he transferred you into the kingdom of his beloved son, but it also has to do with respect to what he continually does in your heart. The display text as you walked in and you read it here on, on the wall was 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11. It follows that explanation of, of the type of people who will not enter the kingdom of, of God and then it declares to you who have been baptized into Christ and such were some of you but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. You see, baptism shows us what we wear. You're not only a part of the kingdom of Christ's blood, but the triune God is actively working on your heart as you are a citizen of this kingdom. And the water of baptism, yes, it points to the blood of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross that, that made it possible for you to be a part of this kingdom, but the water also points to the Holy Spirit who has been poured out upon us in, in this place where Christ rules, who continually washes the believer, washes the words that we speak, provides clean thoughts in our minds, gives us a willingness to forgive and to love others fights against our sinful nature. The promise from the Holy Spirit in baptism is that he is constantly applying the work of Christ, that blood of Christ, that sacrifice of Christ, he is constantly applying that to your day-to-day -day lives. He's taking the blood of Christ's payment and he is scrubbing you from the inside out with that blood so that you begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit instead of the works of your sinful nature. If we put on Christ like a garment, that garment comes with, a, with an inner lining, the Holy Spirit that's working inwardly within, <coughs> excuse me, is working inwardly within us to, to kill away all the rebellion and all the sinful nature, all the dead parts, and who's guiding us to walk as good citizens of this kingdom that we are made to be a part of. Putting on Christ. When you travel around, you see that in different countries, there's a different manner of, of dressing yourself. What's socially acceptable and unacceptable. You move to different places, you need to learn that, to understand what your clothes are saying. We've been moved into the kingdom of Christ. We also think about what we look like, what we wear, what, what is being seen in the way that we live. Paul says it so beautifully 
in Galatians 4, verse 19, he, he sees the church and he's praying for the church that Christ might be formed in you. He longs to see Christ formed in us. He loves to see the Holy Spirit taking our Savior's love, our Savior's forgiveness, our Savior's holiness, and then changing Christians so that they embody Christ's work becomes a part of the culture of his kingdom. A culture is a set of rules and expectations and behaviors that characterize us in a certain place. We know our identity. And now we live according to the culture. And so when Christ is formed in us, then our words, our way of speaking, our language, our behaviors our expectations of one another, and yes, even the, the clothes that we wear or entertainment and our work, everything shouts that the triune God saw me and loved me and embraced me and he is my king and I am a subject because of Christ Jesus. In another place, Paul, speaking of himself and, and other preachers, he says uh, that we are the aroma of Christ. Another great picture, that's 2 Corinthians 2, verse 15. And the idea is that as other people interacted with them, as people visited their homes and, and heard them speak, they could immediately smell Christ. If I were to walk into your house, what I say here is the aroma of Christ. Baptism is a sign and a seal that gives me my identity, that helps me to know what kind of lifestyle I should have, what my priorities should be. They need to be appropriate for the kingdom to which I have been transferred. There are other examples in previous sermons we heard of the, the clothes that we have when we put on Christ. He makes us stand out. We could think of the soldier who is identified immediately by the armor he wears. Well, Paul talks about that in Ephesians 6 too. Uh, Ephesians 6 as well, verses 13 to 17, putting on the armor, the belt of truth, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of readiness, the shield of faith, the, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. When someone walks up to you, do, are you wearing those clothes that are appropriate for the kingdom of God. Christ Jesus determines how we will think, how we will behave. And the baptism, your baptism, reminds you of this continual work of the Holy Spirit. We confess it very beautifully. To be washed with the Spirit means to be renewed by the Holy Spirit and sanctified to be members of Christ. So that more and more we become dead to sin and lead a holy and blameless life. More and more people can smell Christ on us. He is the one who can be identified in you. He is your identity. And what happens then is that wherever you go in the world, you will see this unity among believers. I can go up to a Christian, Arab, female slave 
and I can see Christ in her. And I can walk up to, to, to a, a business a businessman in, in, in Africa who's a Christian, and I will be able to see Christ in that person. Our Lord Jesus Christ has such an influence on all of us that immediately we find similarities between us no matter where we come from. We have similar goals, similar joys, similar concerns. We, we pray in a similar way. As a pastor or elder, I can visit a member, a baptized member of Christ's church in any place in the world. And I could say, God the Father promises you this. God the Son promises you this. God the Holy Spirit promises you this. You are transferred. You are in the kingdom of Christ's blood, his forgiveness, where the Holy Spirit is working. You see the unity of being baptized into Christ. The Holy Spirit can say, put on Christ to anyone, anytime, any place in the world. We all, with our Bibles open, we can know what that means. The kingdom of God is a unique culture. It's an international culture. And then the identity of any particular country or, or race on here isn't as important. It's used simply to express what is in our heart. It is used to express Christ in our time and in our place. Your baptism is a citizenship card of a marvelous kingdom. You are declared a member of the universal kingdom of God. Baptism explains to you every day where you are and what you wear. Because of your baptism every day, you can wake up and you can say to whomever, whoever may care to listen, you can say, my name is so-and-so, and we use a, a baptized name, and I am baptized into Christ. So now the triune Lord Almighty is my King. I am a subject of Him. He has washed me clean in the blood of His Son, so I know I will not be condemned for the sins that I confess. It's great to be a citizen of Christ's kingdom. We live with, with an indescribable, unspeakable peace. And the more I keep him in my heart and mind, the more I embrace him as my Savior. Also, the, the, the Lord is working all the more to purify me by his word and spirit. It's a marvelous thing to, to feel and to see the water of cleansing, the Holy Spirit, take my words, my thoughts, my desires, and shape them and mold them so that they become more and more fitting for the kingdom. We all can say that we can know, we can leave here thinking and understanding my baptism is like a citizenship card that lets the world know that God the Father is my King, that Christ Jesus has washed me clean in his blood, and the Holy Spirit guides and leads me every day so I know what to wear. Amen.